One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there, 
And, he also said, because Obi-Wan Kenobi says a lot of things, many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. Welcome to Favorite Points of View. This show is a part of the Force Center podcast feed. In here on Force Center, we like to celebrate Star Wars. So what we do here on Favorite Points of View is ask Star Wars fans about a specific topic within Star Wars, what their favorite thing is in that topic, and why. Why do they love it? Any personal memories attached to it? Because sometimes we don't just love something because of what's on the screen. Sometimes we love something because it has just leapt off the screen and into our hearts or toy collections or Lego collections. Toy collections and Lego collections are different in my mind because that's how obsessed with toys I am. See? A point of view. Anyway, the point is, there's a lot to love in Star Wars, and there are a lot of different reasons to love it and a lot of different perspectives, and that's what we want to celebrate, all those perspectives. So far on this show, we've talked about lightsabers, we've talked about favorite bounty hunters, there are so many more favorite things in Star Wars that I want to ask people about, but this episode we're going to talk about a very important part of Star Wars, and that is inspiration. Star Wars tells many stories, many styles of stories, but in almost all of them, the characters are fighting for hope, empathy, understanding, a better future. And I feel like those are things we are fighting for in the real world right now, so I thought we could all use some inspiration. So I asked some listeners on our Patreon page about what characters, scenes, life lessons, maybe action figure packaging, maybe Lego packaging, maybe makeup packaging, who knows? Where did they get their Star Wars inspiration? What in Star Wars inspired them? And I got a ton of great responses from all sorts of eras, mediums, and moments in Star Wars. Some expected, some great big surprises. And all of these responses helped me believe there is plenty of light, even in difficult times. So let's dive in. Our first inspiration comes from Evan Osborne Lomax. Evan says, My moment comes from the Star Wars main line of comics in issue 54. General Davitz Draven, the rebel leader of questionable moral fiber, meets his heroic end. Draven and Leia succeeded in their mission on board the Executor, but with only a tie available for the escape, Draven lets Leia escape with the desperately needed codes. And Draven meets his end at the hands of Vader in a scene reminiscent of the Rogue One hallway scene, only having to slow Vader down to allow Leia time to escape. Draven gets to live up to the heroism of Jin Erso, who he had been totally wrong about. This moment impacted me because it is never too late to make something right. That is such a great moment of inspiration, Evan. I read this comic book recently and I was so delighted to see the characters in Rogue One really follow through on some of the ideas of Rogue One, exactly how you so eloquently described. And to me... In my opinion, Draven represents something very, very real. Uh, every time I watch Rogue One, I get so mad at him, like madder than Krennic even. <laughs> and Krennic's pretty clearly a bad guy. I think it's because, to me, Draven represents cynicism. He is, uh, from our view of the movie, he is on the side of the heroes. He knows the Empire is wrong. He knows they are uh, full of tyranny, and he's trying to make a difference. But his cynicism is eating 
away at him and, and causing him to make bad choices. And I think that's something that, uh, that I can fall victim to, that many of us in the world can fall victim to, that we know that we are on what we believe to be the correct path, but we start to doubt and we start to say, well, it's never going to work out. And uh, well, well, the noble thing is impossible. So let's just do the gritty, ugly thing. And I think that Draven getting past that cynicism and realizing that he must be a hero like Jin Erso is just such a great answer. He defeats the cynicism that exists even within a noble fight. Thank you very much, Evan. We are going to move on. Our second inspiration comes from Nick Tierce. Nick says, My favorite inspiring moment is not from a movie, TV show, book, comic, or video game. It is not directly from any piece of media. It was an embodied experience. An exchange I shared with Ray one night in Black Spire Outpost, the in-universe setting of Disney's Galaxy Edge-themed land. Certain aspects of our conversation may have had their canonicity called into question by subsequent media, but it was an undeniably inspiring moment that I lived and will carry in my headcanon regardless. Late one night, toward the end of trading hours in Black Spire Outpost, I approached the curious scavenger to ask if she was, in fact, Ray from nowhere. I was, she replied. Now I'm Ray from the Resistance. I told her I had just made my first wish on the tree in Savvy's courtyard. She did not know the local custom, but a Batuan nearby overheard and explained that the ribbon tied in her hair was a fallen wish come true made by her grandmother on the wishing tree. Ray thought this beautiful and wanted to make her own wish, but had no scrap of fabric to tie. The Batuan, without hesitation, offered the resistance hero the ribbon from her hair, Wish in hand, Ray asked if I would accompany her to show her the way to the wishing tree. En route to the courtyard, I worked up the courage to ask her about Luke. I told her how inspiring I found his final act on Crate. She said she had not witnessed it herself, but she had felt it in the force. She also offered that when she first met him, she was disappointed. I told her that was what I found most inspiring about her story, that when her mentor failed her, she found strength within herself. She took inspiration from the past without succumbing to its failures nor letting it die. I could relate. She said his sacrifice was just the hope the resistance needed. I agreed. By the time we had arrived at the tree, I showed her my wish, and she found a branch of her own. That night, all the way past the galaxy's edge, Ray from nowhere tied her wish tightly to the Batuan wishing tree. A wish for the resistance. A wish for peace. I told her I hoped it would come true for all our sakes. Ray thanked me for joining her, and I thanked her for making tonight a special one. She parted with, May the Force be with you. Whether my wish falls in my favor, I will carry her words with me for the rest of my days. These words are a common greeting in our fandom, but sharing a moment with Ray and having her look into my eyes and say, May the Force be with you was a deeply personal exchange. The words landed for me in a way they never have before an acknowledgement of everything unobservable which connects us as individuals. We parted ways, I walked through the empty outpost, and broke down into tears. This was a spontaneous, improvisational moment within a curated story sandbox that landed with a very real emotional weight, one that still affects me. 
Nick, this is a great story, a great inspiration, and a great example of how the ideas of Star Wars jump off the screen into a theme park and into our hearts. It's also a great story within Star Wars. It's amazing that you got to have such a great interaction with the character of Rey, that it all fit into the world of Star Wars, the imagination, but also just what a a great real-world story of the performer. Uh, that you encountered who was playing Ray and the Batuan uh, villager performer that they found, I would imagine, you where you were, found you on your wavelength. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to Galaxy's Edge once in uh, Anaheim, and it was amazing to see the range of interactions that could be had from sort of uh, scary things with Kylo Ren to more jokey things with Kylo Ren. Uh, when I was there, I I watched the performer uh, who portrayed Ray spending a lot of time with children and teaching them uh, how to uh, hide from the First Order troops and uh, working with Chewie to hide better. And uh, I waited until there weren't any children around because it was clear that for this performer that the children were her priority. And I asked her if I could... Uh, take a scan with uh, her with my wife. And, uh, and I did that, and she was very amenable to that and very friendly, and it was all wonderful. Uh, but comparing my experience to yours, it's just so amazing to hear that this performer was really invested in the story of Batu, of Black Spire Outpost, and the story that is unfolding, that was unfolding at the time and will continue to unfold in our imaginations of the sequel trilogy. I also want to say that I really like that you bring up feeling the meaning behind May the Force Be With You. There are so many things that we just get used to on in Star Wars or kind of uh, treat them at surface level and, and don't dive in. And what a great way to describe the idea that May the Force Be With You is this acknowledgement that we are all connected as individuals. It's one of the big ideas of Star Wars that is right there on the surface, but we sometimes don't focus on, I think, as much. And it connects to so many different ideas of what the Jedi believe and why, in my opinion, and and can really help us in real world things. And I think it's really one of those things that gets to come true at a place like Galaxy's Edge. Everyone is there and connected through this communal experience. And many people there are Deep, deep Star Wars fans. One of the best moments that I had at Galaxy's Edge is I had noticed that there was a combination of hardcore Disney fans, uh, hardcore Star Wars fans, and people just wandering through going, what is this? Uh, When I had got my lightsaber and built it at Savvy and was taking pictures, my wife kindly taking pictures of me with my lightsaber in different places and poses, there was a woman who came up and was like, I need to get a picture with you. And I was like, oh okay, that, that'd be fine. Why? And she was just like, you have that fabulous sword and I don't know where it came from. So clearly somebody who, who didn't know, that's a lightsaber, but was still caught up in the communal experience we were having, still one with the force in her own way. So thank you very much, Nick, for that inspiration and for helping me think through all of the meaning behind my interactions at Galaxy's Edge. We are going to move on. Our third inspiration comes from Robert Meadows. Robert says, With all of the horrible things going on in the world, especially in the United States, I begin to doubt and question if picking a side really matters. I know what is good and what is evil, but no matter how much good I or others do, evil still finds a way to creep in and hurt us. 
Then I was reminded of a quote by Qui-Gon Jinn in Claudia Gray's great book, Master and Apprentice. It matters which side we choose, Qui-Gon says. Even if there will never be more light than darkness. Even if there can be no more joy in the galaxy than there is pain. For every action we undertake, for every word we speak, for every life we touch, it matters. I don't turn toward the light because it means someday I'll win some sort of cosmic game. I turn toward it because it is the light. This reminded me that, of course it matters. It matters that I choose the light. Even though evil will always exist, I refuse to stand idly by. I still have the power and responsibility to make this world a better place. Hope is a powerful idea and used in Star Wars a lot. I choose the light and hope that one day the world will be better for it. That is a great inspiration, Robert, and a great quote from a great book. I've always loved the character of Qui-Gon. I think this fits the character of Qui-Gon, but it is just such a great description of the light side of the Force. You do what is right because it is right. In particular, Qui-Gon calling out the cosmic game lands extremely powerfully with me. The right thing is right for you. If you choose it, that the idea that there isn't a a tally that we can necessarily see or that not everything is about accomplishing a goal. I think about this a lot as a a writer and as somebody who loves stories. Our brains can really be uh, trained to think only about the end. Was it a happy ending? Was it a sad ending? And yeah, sometimes life imitates that. But a lot of it is it's another day and I'm extremely cranky and I go to a grocery store and I can either be kind to someone or I can be rude to someone. And it's not a cosmic game. It's just a choice that I'm making in the moment. And that's not even high, high stakes. That's just day to day trying to ask myself to be a little bit more like Qui-Gon Jinn. And to hear you express those thoughts in such a great way, Robert, really helps me keep on choosing the light cosmic game or not. So thank you very, very much. We're going to move on to our fourth inspiration. This one comes from us from Adelia Chamberlain. The most inspiring Star Wars moment for me is at the end of The Last Jedi when Rey asks Leia how they build a rebellion from what is left after Crate, and Leia responds, we have everything we need. My father was very ill with aggressive cancer and the outlook wasn't very good and I was starting to brace myself for his death. But seeing that Leia still had hope, even after everything they'd just been through, reminded me that until the very end, there is always still hope. Happily, my father responded to a different type of treatment not too long after that, and he is in remission and still here with me today. Knowing that is the final line of the last complete Star Wars performance that Carrie Fisher ever gave gives it extra meaning to me as a lifelong fan of Leia, and when I am in need of some hope, I'll often put on The Last Jedi just to hear that one line, sometimes watching only that scene. That is an extremely uh, powerful and amazing Star Wars inspiration, uh, a difficult, difficult thing to face in the real world, and it is always wonderful to hear when Star Wars can actually truly help with those difficult, difficult real-world times. That line has always been powerful to me. It's a great line because you can think about it a lot. It just feels right. It feels 
caring and positive and hopeful. And you can take it literally. You can take that, yes, the crystal is broken, but yes, we have enough of the resistance to survive. Yes, Luke's action broadcast uh, a story of hope out to the galaxy, a myth that will help people keep striving toward the light. Yes, we have everything we need because Ray took the Jedi books. It is literal in some ways, and you can discuss it that way, but it's also beautiful for me to think of it is just we have what we need inside us. And for me, it also means on a sort of thematic level that Ray had been threatened by this idea from herself, this fear from herself that she couldn't find belonging and that she didn't know what to do with the the power that was awakening inside her. And then Kylo even tries to manipulate that even further by saying, you don't have a place in the story, but I, I will give you one if you take my hand. And I feel like that great sentiment from Leia, we have everything we need, is a great way to say to us, the viewers, and Ray, she is the story. We all are the story. We all have what we need to move forward. Thank you so much, Adelia Chamberlain, for that really, really inspiring inspiration. We are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back for more of The Light Side. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. And we are back for some more inspiring Star Wars inspirations. This next one comes from Simon Huffnagel. Here is what Simon sent in. The inspirational moment I choose to highlight comes from a potentially unlikely place for some, the Phantom Menace. Anakin is strapping himself in for the pod race, and Qui-Gon offers him some great advice. Remember, concentrate on the moment. Feel. Don't think. Use your instincts. As a young kid watching the film in theaters, this exchange kind of went in one ear and out the other, and it was quickly forgotten in the whiz-bang-boom action of said pod race. It is easy to get distracted when the Tusken Raiders shoot at Team Topaglius, isn't it? Sorry, that was my editorial uh, inclusion. Back to what Simon has to say. But as I've gotten older and revisited The Phantom Menace many a time, Qui-Gon's words have increasingly permeated my life Reciting his advice to myself calms me in the anxious time before important moments, be it a presentation at work or a difficult conversation with a friend or family member. It also works wonders when you've lost your 10th battle against a video game boss and you're going in for round 11. Qui-Gon's words are a reminder to not overthink the situation and to trust that you've done the necessary preparation for the task at hand. Now, just go out there and do it. 
Simon, this is great. Uh, I love that scene, and I totally agree with you. It is uh, one of many things in Star Wars that, much like the pod racers in the pod race, can just zip by us. But if we stop to appreciate it, we can see all of these different ideas in implications and inspirations. It's also great to hear these different inspiring moments in Star Wars for different people back to back because then you can hear even more poetry. I would not have particularly thought of the poetry between uh, we have everything we need and uh, don't think feel, but the way that Simon lays this out, the way he says, you've done the necessary preparation for the task at hand, now just go out there and do it, feels to me like another great way to say we have everything we need, now just take a deep breath feel and do. We talked about this quote a little bit, Ken and I, on our recent uh, Deep Dive main show about the whole theme of letting go in Star Wars, but I have to say, this uh, particular idea, Qui-Gon speaking of it, uh, but for me as an uh, original trilogy generation growing up guy, uh, a lot of the moments in the original trilogy where a similar uh, but different sentiment is expressed, but this idea that don't get caught up in the the anger or the the need to be precise just breathe and do your best that has helped me more times than I can possibly count and one that's come back into my head I am remembering now the very first time I actually did comedy improv on stage it was uh it was really stressful because improv is all about uh don't think feel I had been rehearsing for a while And the first time that it came to me to make a joke, I got set up for a perfect joke that invoked Mark Hamill. It was not at his expense. Uh, I believe it was something about Dorothy Hamill, about confusing Dorothy Hamill with Mark Hamill. It was a great, great Star Wars moment for me that I took advice from Star Wars to just breathe, just don't get uptight, just do what needs to be done, and I did it by making a Mark Hamill joke, which makes me very happy. And thank you, Simon, for making me remember that. We are going to move on. Our next inspiration comes from Joshua Thorne. There's no denying I'm typing this in a really trying time for our society, and hopefully a changing point. There's a line that immediately jumped out to me when I first heard it, and throughout these last few years, it has taken on tremendous new meaning. It's not a problem if you don't look up. Jyn Erso, Rogue One, in reference to Saw, asking her if she can stand seeing the Imperial flag rain across the galaxy. Rogue One is as much about an individual realizing they must jump to action as it is a thriller about finding the plans to destroy the Death Star. At the time, in 2017, when I first heard this line, I did go, you know what, she has a point. Things might be a mess around me, but if I just keep my head down, I can ignore it. It's not my responsibility to fix the country. I can just do my own thing. But that was never the point of that line. I get that now. Saw was so desperate for her to see and admit that there are serious issues with the Empire throughout the galaxy, but she states how much easier it is to just ignore this. But eventually, eventually, you cannot ignore it any longer. Jin couldn't keep her head down forever, and neither can we. It does continue to be a problem if you don't look up. Maybe not to you, but to somebody else. The line itself is not what is inspirational, but how Jin Erso accepts there are real issues and does every single possible thing she can to make a difference. 
That is great, Joshua. That is a line that I think about a lot. There are many lines in Rogue One that just really uh, resonate with me. Uh, I think to to go along with the, it, it's not a problem if you don't look up on Jin's arc uh, to hear um, Cassian say to her uh, about how that he's been in the fight since six years since he was six years old, and and some of us don't uh, have the luxury of choosing when we get to care about this. But this line itself is just such a great picture of even the way Jen says it, she knows that it's a choice. She's made a choice to say, you know what, I'm just I'm I'm trying to survive for me because that's all I can do. I've had a rough life every time I get close to the Empire or the Rebellion. It's just horror. So I'm just going to look down and take care of myself to the best of my ability. And it is so, so tempting to slip into that mindset. We see many different Star Wars characters wrestle with that. To me, this ties to all the great themes in Rise of Skywalker, where uh, we're, we are reminded again and again that the evil side, the bad guys of the movie, want to convince you that you are alone and our friends succeed when they realize, yes, I must fight, and if I fight, then I will not be alone. Others will fight with me. Uh, people who have been listening to Force Center for a long time know that I cannot stop talking about Senator Noah Jabel in Rogue One. He is the senator who just doesn't even want to believe the Death Star is real. The Death Star? It's nonsense. And it's so easy to watch that film and go, come on, you know the Death Star. It's been around since 1977. Just believe it. But man, Norja Bell is real relatable. When you see a problem that's so huge and feels so insurmountable and feels so impossibly awful, to just go, nah, you know what? I'm just going to go eat a burrito because this is just not my pro. That can't even be real. And the fact that Jin goes through this arc in this movie and decides that she must stop ignoring what is right in front of her is not only a great bit of inspiration, but I think it's a very, uh, I empathize with it because it's a good reminder that it is really, really hard to face the problems, and that is the first step of doing anything about any size problem. Anyway, thank you, Joshua, for the really great inspiration and the really honest one. Absolutely wonderful. We move on to our seventh inspiration. The seventh inspiration comes from Alden Diaz. At the risk of slowly transitioning into a Rebels fan self-parody, it's time for me to give even more love to that glorious show. This is a moment that I didn't think about much until very recently upon re-watching the show for my third time. It comes at the end of Season 1, and it is Kanan's Jedi Realization. I think it gets forgotten about because it was so early in the show's run, but it's when Kanan believes that the Grand Inquisitor has killed Ezra. Kanan says it was a mistake. The Grand Inquisitor asks, because you have no one left to die for you? And Kanan responds, no, because I have nothing left to fear. Not only is it just pure, unadulterated, fist-pumping magic, but it helped me realize that it's not a weakness to care. There is no caring too much when it comes to defending our friends and sticking up for our found families. Sure, it kind of does encapsulate a struggle that the Jedi have with their duties and their attachments, but I think it actually works in support of the argument for these personal attachments. 
I think Kanan can only articulate his feelings in that very Jedi way as he was raised in the prequel era order. And perhaps someone like Yoda or Mace would have cautioned him against tapping into that bit of a vengeful feeling. But what he's saying to me is, you have no idea how important family is and what it can motivate us to do. And that's a theme that carried throughout the show, all the way to the end, all the way to Sabine making it her new mission in life to find Ezra. And that theme stuck with me. I've been told by mentors before to not worry so much about others and to look out for myself first, and I think there's a balance to be had for sure. But I think we should all choose to be like Kanan. We should choose to embrace the family ties of the ghost crew. I mean, on a specific personal note, I lost a job the week of the Rebels finale because I stuck up for someone in a serious situation. But I'd do it all again. Once you know you have your friends' backs and they have yours, then you have nothing left to fear. That is great. Thank you so much for sending that in, Alden. I admit, I really do need to give Rebels another watch. There are certain moments that landed with me with great power, and I think about all the time some of the my favorite moments in Star Wars, some of the most inspiring moments, and it is great to be reminded that I have great moments to discover and rediscover when I rewatch Rebels. I, ooh, I, I love this because it's it's juicy. It's connected to everything that uh, that Alden is talking about of the Jedi's question of attachments and how does the light side perceive relationships with other people versus how the dark side uh, perceives them and different ways you can interpret uh, the meaning of what Kanan is saying. I love uh, Alden's interpretation and I agree that it is it is very pro attachment, but. A thing that I really gravitate towards in thinking about this act, uh, this interaction, is this dark side uh, cynicism of the Grand Inquisitor. That the dark side can only see the world through a paradigm of being selfish. He, the Grand Inquisitor, is basically saying, "Oh, because Ezra can't, you can't throw your apprentice at me to die for you." Basically saying, your friends, your apprentice, the, he's just cannon fodder to protect you because the Grand Inquisitor can't imagine caring about someone else that way. And Kanan's life has meaning to him because he can be there for Ezra. Uh, I like thinking of it as Kanan does fear losing Ezra, and it's not a bad thing to fear losing the ones you love it's only a bad thing if you take that to a dark side place. And if in that moment, Kanan believed the Grand Inquisitor that Ezra is gone, I feel like it's a statement of saying, I wanted to be the shield to protect Ezra. The only thing I feared was the pain of losing someone I love. I don't fear for my own life. I fear for losing those that I love. And that to me is just, uh, it's a powerful statement about attachment, about caring about others, and about the Jedi perspective of being selfless. I do not fear for myself. I fear for the ones that I care about. Uh, I don't know how that matches up entirely with what Alden is saying, but I love that these can be uh, interpreted in lots of different inspiring ways. Kanan uh, has inspired me like three different ways with this one quote. Thanks, Kanan. And thank you, Alden. Great insight as always. And for our final inspiration this episode, we are going to hear from Laura Martin. 
Here's what Laura has to say. I have always loved when Luke defied the Emperor by tossing his lightsaber aside and saying, I am a Jedi, like my father before me. After all that has happened, after having momentarily been carried away by his fear and anger, he stops and chooses love and compassion instead. He is brave as he stands alone. He shows a great sense of self, of knowing who he is, even in the face of fierce opposition. He is strong. He is resolute. He is the greatest Jedi I had ever seen. What struck me the most about that scene was how firm and immovable Luke was. His confidence didn't come from his reliance on his own personal power, but rather it came from the knowledge that he was on the side of what was right. He chose the light, even if it was the harder choice. As a young teen, I remember thinking that I wish I could be that sure about myself. Eventually, I thought, if he could do it, be that courageous, then so can I. And ever since, I have tried to emulate that sense of confidence. As I grew up and fine-tuned my sense of right and wrong, I was better able to resist peer pressure and avoid getting into trouble. I was emboldened to take a stand for what I felt was right, even if I stood alone as Luke did. The impact of this scene, in addition to other positive influences in my life, helped shape my personality. Today I have a strong sense of who I am and what I believe in. I may not always be successful in living up to my ideals, but then again, as we learned in The Last Jedi, neither was Luke. Still, we get up on our feet again and resist the dark side. This scene and Mark Hamill's performance as Luke are a masterpiece of perfection, and I'll always be thankful for it. Laura, that is incredibly well said. Absolutely amazing. Uh, we talk about Luke throwing down the blade and its thematic uh, meaning and, and what it means to Vader becoming Anakin again and how it relates to The Last Jedi and all sorts of things. But I love how laser focused you are on what it means to Luke in that moment. That is his arc in the original trilogy in A New Hope. He wants to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like his father. In The Empire Strikes Back, he learns that the idea of who his father is is much more complicated. And his idea of what a Jedi is starts out as a warrior, and then it becomes something more nuanced. And then to end in that moment of utter victory that is so clear, as Laura says in Mark Hamill's performance, that he has accomplished that goal. He has become a Jedi and with perfect understanding for himself of what it truly means to be a Jedi, to truly be someone who chooses the light side and does not back down from that conviction. That scene in that moment for myself also really reminds me that the light side is not weakness. Uh, sometimes when you hear Yoda saying, you'll know the light side from the dark when you're uh, calm, at peace, passive. Passive can sound like, oh, is, is that weak? And no, no, that moment where Luke is so very confident and content and even joyful in becoming a Jedi and making the choice to throw the blade aside that reminds me when I watch that, that the light is not weakness. The Jedi wrestles so much in all of these stories with when to raise their blades in defense and when fighting will only cause more pain. And it's just a great thing uh, for me that, that Laura's uh, great take on the scene has made me think about. It's just a good image that I can keep in my own mind of each choice that I have, every moment that I know that conflict is coming upon me, 
I can ask myself, is this a moment to do what Luke Skywalker did and metaphorically throw down my blade and choose the light? Thank you, Laura, for uh, for this great inspiration. And it's a scene that's always meant a lot to me, a character that's always meant a lot to me. And thank you for helping me to see it from a whole new point of view. So for now, that is it for this episode. We got a lot of great responses, so I decided to break it up into two episodes, two episodes of inspiration. Uh, We got a total of 16 responses, so we got eight for this episode, and we'll have eight on our next episode. Thank you to everyone who sent these in on Patreon. Look for Star Wars Inspirations Part 2 soon. And I love, I love that these all come from different eras, different mediums, some from TV shows and movies, some from experiences out in the world, and everybody has a different idea about how they affected their lives and their choices and and how they gave them inspiration. And for my inspiration, oh man, if I had to pick one scene the way our listeners did, man, it would be extremely, extremely difficult for me. We would be here for five years. For my inspiration right now, I would honestly say a big part of my Star Wars inspiration is just being reminded that I am not alone in many different ways that I'm not alone. There are so many of you out there in this great Star Wars community that look at these stories with depth, with critical analysis, and with such a spirit of open heart and a spirit of generosity in curiosity and fun and joy. And there were definitely times in my life and in my fandom that I did not feel that, that I did not feel that I knew other people who wanted to look at Star Wars and dive into Star Wars and take inspiration from Star Wars in the same way uh, that I did. And I think the dark side wants us to believe we're alone, right? Kylo wants Rey to believe that she's not part of the story. Vader at first wants Luke to believe the dark side is Luke's destiny. Noah Jabel can't cope with the idea that the Death Star is even real. Sidious, by the time of Rise of Skywalker, wants the galaxy to believe there's nothing they can do. The Sith flame will burn. You will live under tyranny or you'll die That's it. And when I get weighed down by all the negativity, all the anger, all the cynicism that sometimes does surround Star Wars, I just hold on to hope, like Poe in that X-Wing, that all of you will come swooping in. And instead of shouting out your call signs before space battles, you shout out awesome thoughts about Star Wars. So thank you, uh, listeners. Thank you, uh, Patreon supporters, for being Just a huge amount of ships that appear at the exact right moment to keep my hope alive. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiration and much more to come. In the meantime, you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, my comedy albums and future live shows all on josephscrimshaw.com. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. More fun stuff coming there soon. Thank you for listening. And as Obi-Wan Kenobi also once said, another happy landing.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skrætte af alle de der podcast og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.